Hey, Love Tribe, get excited for another great episode with Chase and our special guest. But before we start, I wanted to remind you about our amazing and free 14-day happy couple challenge. I don't know about you, but with the upcoming holidays, I'm feeling this hectic energy and I'm craving some grounding, fun, and meaningful connection with my partner. So whether you've been with your partner for many years and you're needing to mix things up or you're a newly coupled and you're looking to dive in to learn more about each other, the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge is perfect for anyone wanting to deepen their relationship and have fun while doing it. So head on over to our website to sign up. You can start connecting deeper physically and emotionally today over at idopodcast.com slash 14 with our simple, easy, and doable daily challenges arriving straight into your inbox daily. This free 14-Day Challenge will help you break the old habits and build new engaging habits that will push you to create a deeper intimacy with your partner. Sign up today for free for the 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge to start strengthening and improving your relationship today. Head on over to idopodcast.com slash 14. That's idopodcast.com slash 14 to sign up for our free challenge today. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. What's going on, guys? Hi, guys. Welcome to today's show. We have uh, kind of a unique show today in that it is a module from our course that we launched last week. It's actually a lesson. A lesson module. (laughs) uh, A lesson from the course, uh, from the Spark My Relationship course, and it's with Dr. Julie Colwell. So we took the audio from a video with her where we talk about how to shift out of a toxic relationship pattern and switch from a reactive brain that's often associated with blame and criticism and instead show appreciation for our partner. And this is the really the first lesson of the course, and it's so important. It kind of shapes what you need to get out of in terms of your toxic behaviors to really have a successful relationship and then success through the course. Because if you are trying to improve without getting rid of those bad habits that you're doing, it's you're going to get stuck. It's a good place to start. So we're giving it to you guys, our listeners for free, obviously. And just to give you a preview of... Uh, what the course is all about and, and the value. And this is something that even though it's Sarah said, it's like a baseline thing. It's something we always got to work on. I know I tend to be in reactive brain and that's why things like meditation help me a lot. And, and all the things that Dr. Colwell mentions in today's show, it can have such a huge difference personally and in the relationship. And one thing I love about this lesson is that over the past year of building this course, I've gone back and watched this episode, like, I don't know, five times. And I found like each time I connected to it differently with maybe a different way that I'm blaming myself or I'm blaming Chase. So that's just the added benefit of the course as well, because you do have lifetime access. So a lot of these times you're going to rewatch it and you're going to learn and grow even more from it because you're just going to connect to it at a different place in your relationship and in your life. And just for our listeners, you guys, we are going to reactivate the additional 10% off. So we have the the launch promotion that's still going on for the next week mm-hmm. and then an additional 10% off. So when you check out, you go to sparkmyrelationship.com. The link is in the show notes and the promo code will also be there and use the promo code S. 
SMR, Spark My Relationship, SMR 10 at checkout, and you'll get another 10% off. Um, so this is definitely the time to get on it. And if that isn't enough to reel you in, we're also going to add in Dr. Julie Colwell's book, The Relationship Skills Workbook, and it is such a great book. So that's going to be added into uh, the bonus section. And if you already bought the course and you're like, hey, I want that book, don't worry, it'll be added in for you too. Yeah, we appreciate all of you guys, uh, obviously, always sending us feedback and reviews and all you guys that purchased the course in the last week. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's nice to know that you're getting great stuff uh, from these podcasts. And now Sarah, in large part, has put it into this beautiful course. And uh, I know I enjoy going through it. It's helped us a lot. And we're glad that it's helping you guys out there. So remember, you only have a little over a week to, to get on this promotion, this discount and the launch promotion uh, ends August 2nd. So depending on when you're listening to this. So take advantage of that. The course will still be available, but not at this uh, big discount for our listeners. Yeah. All right, guys. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, this is Dr. Julie Caldwell. I'm recording from Boulder, Colorado, where I'm a founder of the Boulder Center for Conscious Community. I'm a psychologist here. I do uh, private practice and I lead lots of groups. I see many couples um, and I've been in practice for about 30 years. So I have a lot to tell you. Uh, My intention is to support healthy relationships uh, as well as to increase the vibration on the planet to something that is nourishing uh, where we can all thrive. So uh, I've been asked um, to talk to you about shifting out of any toxic patterns in relationships. This is near and dear to my heart. Um, this is really what I'm about is to support people to, um, to find a different way. I think that most of our patterns, many of our patterns are, um, well, I guess, glean from uh, the media, TV, maybe our own parents who may or may not have had any idea of how to have healthy relationships. So how do we know how to have um, relationships that are free of toxic patterns, free of uh, getting into habits that create um, places in us that just don't feel good, uh, that where we end up walking through life, maybe stressed out in reactive brain, where we don't feel um, connected to ourselves or our partners, where it seems like we've had to dim, dim down our own aliveness in order to stay in connection. I do think that one of the main questions for us in uh, in relationships is how to have a self and have connection. Uh, I think that people have figured out how to have connection without self. And that sounds a lot like, well, yes, dear, whatever you say, dear, uh, sure, fine, uh, without being able to say what's really true for me, what I want. Uh, And we also know how to have self. I think, by just staying away from relationship, saying I need space, I need to go, or I need to end the relationship because then I can finally have what I want, create the life I want, do the things that I stopped doing because I was in the relationship. So the question of toxic habits, like what really gets in the way? What, um, what sort of habits do we uh, fall into that... Um, don't lend themselves to healthy relationships and to a healthy life, really. So uh, I'm going to break this out into a couple of things. Uh, One is, um, one topic is really all about blame, blame and criticism. It's a bad habit that people get into. And I think uh, culturally that we have uh, really allowed ourselves to lapse into. Uh, And then I want to talk some about uh, what I consider to be Um, three particularly bad habits that um, that people uh, can sort of lurch into um, without even knowing that what what they're doing is not useful to the relationship. Uh, So, okay, let's talk about blame and what you could do instead. Um, I once had a country western songwriting time in my life 
And uh, my favorite of the three that I wrote was, if blame feels so good, why don't I feel better? Yeah, it's not a great question because it sure does feel good in the moment, doesn't it? If I'm upset or angry uh, to find somebody or something to blame. Yeah, and in relationships, uh, then that often becomes the person that is closest to us. It must be your fault, uh, or maybe it's my fault. Okay, it's their fault, right? It's not either one of us, um, but it's somebody's fault. What if we gave that up? What if it wasn't anybody's fault at all? What if, in fact, um, we could shift out of that habit of pinning something on someone else, or, or again, ourselves, with the implication that there's really something wrong, right? Some basic character flaw or defect. Uh, who knows where it came from, but we'll figure it out um, if we can just imply uh, or criticize enough, um, imply that if if you hadn't done that thing, I wouldn't be feeling that way. Because I think that's really what it comes down to is um, we're going along, something happens, because something always happens in this material world, and suddenly I don't feel good, I'm upset, I feel happy unhappy, sorry. And I just think that um, if you hadn't said that thing or looked at me that way, I wouldn't feel unhappy. So then so much of relationship looks like me trying to control you. So you don't have to, you don't do that thing that makes me unhappy. Let's think about that. Like uh, if I can just keep you from looking that way or sounding like my father or talking to me uh, too early in the morning, then uh, then I'll be happy, right? And then that becomes the whole goal is um, for me basically to train you to uh, stop doing those things that trigger me. Or, okay, you'll train me to stop triggering you, right? Uh, with the same idea. And then what we think of as a harmonious relationship is each of us... Um, monitoring the other person so that they are not triggering us. All right. And then if you do trigger me, I'll just blame you for it. I thought we agreed that you weren't going to do that or um, stop it. Or why are you so mean? Uh, you know, the, the long list, uh, the litany of ways that um, basically I'm trying to control you. If you just would stop doing those things that make me feel bad, AKA that trigger me. Um, right. Uh, I'll feel better and you will be under my control and vice versa. So you can tell how um, the goodwill drains out of relationship and certainly the passion and aliveness. So blaming. Blaming is me holding you responsible or me responsible in some basic way where that implies um, there's something wrong. And I can do this in a variety of ways. I can just criticize you, make you feel bad. Like, how could you have done that? What were you thinking? I can try to shame you, use contempt. That's very popular right now. Oh, God, I can't believe you were so stupid as to have done that, right? That kind of idea. Um, and sometimes we can just like raise the eyebrow, right? Use, do that back of the throat thing. Oh, my God. Right? It's rolling the eyes. Um, there are many ways to imply or get that message across to the other person that they have done the thing. See, they've ruined it. Again, what that does, what that whole um, blame habit does is lead to um, a real dampening of uh, a sense of connection and aliveness because my preoccupation now is A, monitoring you to make sure you're following my list and B, to try to follow your list um, so that I don't do the things that are triggering you, right? Um, The big problem, there's a major problem with this strategy, and that is reactive brain. Reactive brain, you know what reactive brain is. If you're going along, you're feeling fine, and then uh, you hear the thing somebody says, you trip over the sock in the hallway, you, uh, somebody cuts you off in traffic, right? You were fine, doing fine, your, your physiology was okay, you were just were feeling good, and then in that fast and instant and instant your whole physiology changes so i'm going to talk about this for a couple minutes here reactive brain because 
Think of it as the tyranny of reactive brain. For the most part, humans don't even know when we're in reactive brain. Um, we do if we just take a moment to pause and notice. We can notice our pulse. We can notice that we just don't feel very good. We feel that kind of sense of adrenaline. Or for me, it, I kind of feel a little sick um, in my body. I just don't feel like I did, again, that instant before. Because now I'm in reactive brain. Now, if you look at uh, some of the great brain research that is out now, I mean, it's just fabulous what's come out. Um, you'll know. And some of what I'm talking about, people talk about um, going into the reptilian brain. Uh, I think of it as more mammalian in many ways of mammals and reptiles, but we evolved from both, right? So um, one is a little more primitive than the other, but it's all that instant experience of things shifting so that now uh, what's happened is we've perceived there to be a threat. Whether or not there is a threat, is a threat, is different, but it doesn't really matter because our bodies now believe there is a threat. They're on high threat response, even low threat response. The adrenaline has been triggered, the cortisol, uh, our blood pressure has instantly gone up, our pulse is raised, our muscles are ready to right, fight, flee, or freeze. You've probably heard these uh, expressions. And it all happens so fast. You have no control over that. I mean, the control happens by can we uh, actually notice there isn't a threat, all right? We can control that. Uh, we can slow things down. We can breathe. But once that has happened, once the switch has been thrown uh, so that we're in reactive brain, there's actually nothing that um, we can do about it until it's all moved through. And we can metabolize it. Our bodies are already swinging into action to metabolize that adrenaline and cortisol so we can wait and things will move through we can do things to uh, help that along like moving and breathing and playing and there's a long list that I've uh, been developing over the years that support uh, us to move out of reactive reactive brain into creative brain is what I think um, so coming back to what is our natural state where we can think more clearly, our focus becomes open and expanded again. We can start to see what is right and possible instead of what's wrong. The brain is all about narrow focus. What's wrong? What's wrong? Here's something over there. Um, and, oh, there's an explosion. Oh, what is that? What's wrong? We orient. It's all uh, immediate, automatic. It's why we're still alive, because if we didn't know how to do that, the bus would have hit us. We wouldn't have jumped out of the way. Um, so it's completely functional and adaptive. It um, just doesn't help us in relationships because relationships are full of perceived threat. Uh, the stakes are high in relationships. That's as soon as we are connecting to someone and then thereby relating to them, uh, we've already um, invested in, to some degree, in uh, opening our hearts in um, starting to connect with someone uh, physiologically, literally. Um, uh, there's some a little cool factoid in uh, if, if two people come together, say your partner's just coming home after um, work and you're already there, uh, it takes about 15 minutes for your physiology to match up because um, the emotional system, the limbic system is, is a, an open loop. Um, okay, now I'm off to a little uh, physiology here, but it's quite fascinating to me that other systems, think about it, your digestive system, your circulatory system, that's between you and you. Your limbic system, your emotional brain is between, it's an open system so that others become part of your physiology just by being around them, which can be um, quite wonderful and very annoying if uh, if you have to match up. Um, it's hard if you were feeling so good and they are not, and now you're like, oh, right, what a downer, or vice versa. Yeah. So knowing that that um, you're going to be impacted, um, so that you're investing in relationship in a different way by opening and being part of what what is their world and them being part of your world. 
So going back to reactive brain and physiology, um, if you can start to see it and notice when you go into reactive brain, that is the question for me. Can you notice? Can you see it? Uh, can you feel it? It's subtle, right? Until it isn't, of course. But uh, sometimes your, your pulse is just starting to quicken. You know, you're having that conversation about money, right? <laughs> the nice romantic dinner. And, um, you know, it's just starting to heighten, starting to get there. You can find it right there. Like, oh, can we slow down? I need to take a breath. Ah, oh, can we kind of take a little break from this? Because I'm noticing I'm starting to get upset, right? We've got the words for it. But what we uh, may not have is the finesse to say, uh, oh, that's a good idea for me to stop. Because what happens with reactor brain is um, it wants to find who did it. Who did it? I Really, I was feeling good. And now suddenly I'm not. Let me find the culprit. And it's probably you. Or again, it might be them, or okay, maybe it's me. Um, but to nail it down, because reactor brain says, I don't like it. You were um, my beloved, but one second later, you are now my enemy. And it's that fast. And it's that, um, that's really what the brain is for, again, right? Is to, that part at least, to be able to detect, oh, I thought this was okay, and now you are a threat to my survival. Again, not so great in relationships. Because uh, the other person, well, probably isn't, by the way. And um, as soon as you become defensive like that, right, they're going to feel it and uh, also then lurch into their own reactivity. Let's take a quick break and talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Pevolve. Stephen Pastorino, the founder of Pevolve, Spent over 15 years dialing down just how to make Victoria's Secret models runway ready. And now you can have access to those same workouts through Pevolve's streaming services. So I got to admit, I'm not doing these workouts, but Sarah's totally getting into it. <laughs> Pevolve's streaming service offers a large library of videos, including structured workout plans and new videos updated weekly. Users can stream to sculpt, tone and define anytime, anywhere from any device. So wait, why aren't you doing the workouts? You don't want a little high butt? Yeah, I have a, little, I have a flat a butt. Cheeky. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. People workouts are based on revolutionary prehab method, which elongates and creates lean muscles, eliminates bulk, creating that sculpted and defined booty and body. Plus it's low impact with a focus on stretching and opening up the hips. Most of the workouts include the P-Ball, which get unbelievable results. And I'm actually wearing mine right now. What exactly <laughs> does that do? Well, I mean, there's tons of exercises that they have on the online streaming platform. And the P-Ball is not like any other ball. It's an elastic band that holds the ball high between the hips to activate hard-to-reach muscles in the core, glutes, and thighs to tone and define. I actually just started the 30-day challenge and I love how easy the calendar is to follow and all the different varieties of workouts. So I just plugged in the day that I wanted to start and then the calendar came back to me with all the exercises for the next 30 days plus my rest days that I'm already looking forward to. <laughs> so you can purchase a P-Ball and receive two months of free streaming, nearly a $60 savings at pvolve.com forward slash I do and enter the promo code I do at checkout. That's P-V-O-L-V-E.com forward slash I do and enter I do at checkout. Today's episode is also brought to you by Haven Life. So what was the first thing that we did after I found out I was pregnant? I like how you said I and not we were pregnant. Does that super annoy you? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, we had a panic attack. Well, we did, but <laughs> after that. Uh, I don't know. I give up. What? We got life insurance. Ah, that's right. We, we had to be real adults. We had to be all grown up. Do adult things. <laughs> and man, do I wish... 
Haven Life Insurance Agency was around then. Yeah, Haven Life makes it super easy to buy term life insurance and to help financially protect you and your family from the unexpected. You can apply anywhere, anytime, and on any device, and you don't have to wait weeks for a decision. Plus, they offer coverage issued by Massachusetts Mutual Life Insurance Company, a 160-year-old insurance company with a long history of financial strength. I also had no idea how inexpensive life insurance can be. The average cost for a 35-year-old woman in excellent health looking to buy a $500,000 20-year Haven term policy would be around $18 per month, which is probably less than you spend on coffee, or at least I know that's way less than what I spend on coffee. Yeah, we can't stress enough how Haven Life just makes it super easy to buy a very important grown-up product. (laughs) So to get your free quote, head over to welcome.havenlife.com forward slash I do. That's welcome.havenlife.com forward slash I do to get your free quote for term life insurance today. So blame. Right, blame. If blame feels so good, why don't I feel better? That moment of see, gotcha, you're it was your fault. Um, that's what uh, is so seductive here, because the brain wants to find out who, who did that thing and wants to make it stop and wants to keep it from ever happening happening again. So if I blame you and make you promise me that you'll never say those words, right? Uh, it feels uh, like it's somehow going to work. Or, or help. Unfortunately, uh, reactive brain also um, is dumb brain. That's uh, one of Bruce Lipton's ideas. We go into dumb brain. Lots of other folks talk about it too. Our cognitive functioning plummets when we're in reactive brain. We can't consider possibilities anymore. We, uh, we can't track. We sure can't remember the darn list of what we're not supposed to do <laughs> for the other person. Really, we can't. So uh, deciding, uh, you know, relying on brain, blame as, as a strategy to try to um, force the other person to stop doing the things that we don't want them to do is a, a toxic habit. It doesn't uh, help. And um, over time, it really makes people feel worse and worse, more and more disconnected from each other. Because really the game is who's the bad one? Who is the worst one here? at you, at me, and all we can do is try to dig out of that hole by uh, maybe, all right, see, I'm not so bad. See, I'll make it all better. I'll uh, step out and and really go into what I think of as persona by heroing. Sure, honey, I'll take care of it now. That's a whole other uh, um, podcast or video cast, I think, uh, is the Cartman drama triangle, but you can look it up. in my world, we have it. The three points on that triangle are the victim, villain, and hero. It's not what Stephen Cartman came up with originally, but uh, it's really useful to watch for trying to solve the problem by just making making it all better. And once again, ending up in some kind of bad habit where you get resentful, you do things you don't want to be doing, um, and ultimately you end up feeling like the the victim. So. breathing, moving, um, watching how to uh, shift out of the reactor brain. That it would be my bottom line here. Um, My biggest uh, gift to you, I guess, uh, is to A, know when you're in reactive brain. And again, your body will tell you if you watch for it. If you do the things to just check in, you go with this direction, this way instead of that way. Not easy because, again, reactive brain wants us to go that way. Where is the threat? It's out there somewhere. doesn't think to go this way to say, oh, wait a second. Oh, the problem is my perception, which has happened uh, because now I'm distorting because my reactivity has really messed me up about being able to see things more clearly, except to see the threat. So be- being able to shift out of... Uh, the reactive brain and uh, to to give up the blame habit. Hmm. So imagine that right now. Imagine 
you could even do it right now. You could decide for yourself that you're going to, um, uh, Gay and Katie Hendricks call this going on a blame and criticism diet. So imagine that. Imagine abstaining from blame and criticism for, what could you do, 15 minutes? Or maybe an hour? How about a whole day? I mean, you could even really push yourself and, and your partner, maybe your whole family. Oh, that'd be something for a 30-day diet of blame and criticism. Yeah, it will nourish, nourish you in ways you can't imagine. Uh, now, when I first did this, uh, it was a long time ago now. I couldn't even imagine it to begin with. <laughs> um, so uh, I think the first time I did it was maybe an afternoon. It wasn't an easy afternoon. Mostly I just had to keep my mouth shut. I think of that these days as uh, DTT, duct tape therapy. You know, right? Okay, that's not a bad start is <laughs> to just keep your mouth shut. That's better than saying those blaming critical things. Uh, but here's, here's, if you want to take it up in, in a real quantum way, um, imagine, whoa, every time you wanted to blame or criticize um, that you appreciated instead. What? Oh, well, that'll mess with your, your limbic system um, because, uh, well, first, of course, it won't be your first because the first thought will be what's wrong, right? That's what reactive brain is for, what's wrong. But if you have to look for something that's right, whoa, that's like a whole twirling around in there from, oh my God, you're late again to, oh, I appreciate that you made it home on time. No, sorry, I guess it wouldn't be on time. I appreciate it that you made it home, period. <laughs> Starting, stopping there. Um, or from... Uh, oh, this is a big one. Uh, wow, the, the play and the criticism as you left your crap all over the house again, right? To, oh, I appreciate that. Oh, that you uh, were out um, working, right, for us. Or I appreciate that um, we have a house. Now, I'm not trying to just make this into some sort of Pollyanna whoopie doo. I'm literally um, asking you to, to shift your brain, which will help you. Um, reactive brain is stress brain. Um, Bruce Lipton says you can't be in a, a stress response and a healthy rebuilding response at the same time. In other words, when you are in reactive brain, you are literally marinating yourself in stress chemicals. Um, it's bad for you. Uh, for your health, for your cells, um, versus shifting into something that is creative brain, uh, you're now opening to um, this whole health rebuild response that supports you. So I'm not asking you to do it even for your partner. I am asking you to do it for you, um, although it will pay off big time in your relationship. I, I can attest to that. Um, ever since I've been doing that with my partner, um, where we shift to appreciation instead of blame. Uh, it's a different, it's a literally qualitatively different relationship. I grew up in a household where that's just what we did. It was the fourth, fourth of four kids. We blamed. That's, that was the, the pastime. We criticized, what's wrong with you? You're stupid. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember all the things. I'm sure if I were in the right state, I could. Um, so that came very naturally to me and still does. I'm, you know, with the best of them, I can criticize and judge and uh, figure out what's wrong because I have a very well-developed reactive brain. I'm a little proud of that, <laughs> typically. Sometimes I just am so annoyed when I go into that reactive place. It's just like, oh, God, oh, now I know it'll take me at least 15 to 30 minutes for my adrenaline to be metabolized. <laughs> I actually think that way. Uh, so um so being able to shift it is really for you to shift your physiology so saying something as ridiculous as i'm i appreciate that we have a house um is about shifting your perception shifting your physiology so that you can feel better in your body 
and so that your body can support you. And then in your relationship, uh, what you're doing is you're training yourself in a whole different way. You're training yourself to go into open focus. That is a different brainwave than narrow focus. Uh, oh, here's uh, Femi, F-E-H-M-I. There's a wonderful book called The Open Focus Brain. He talks about how uh, we can change our brainwaves uh, that quickly out of a beta response, a stress response, uh, kind of uh, high alert uh, to a more relaxed alpha response, simply by looking for what is right, what is good. Now, if you've been in a relationship for a while, um, you might notice that that is typically not a tendency to focus on what's good. You know, listen to how people talk to each other, um, to what we say. Um, again, we kind of lapse into those um, habits long-term to just pick, pick, right? Bicker, what's wrong, what's wrong? Well, yeah, well, I wouldn't have done that if, this if you hadn't done that first. That whole way of being. It's pretty easy to go there. Again, I can test to that. Um, so adding the muscle to, uh, to looking for what's right and what is good and what is possible um, shifts your entire brain uh, brainwave structure. And it also, um, well, it brings your attention to those things. And then you're talking about what's possible. You're talking about what's right. You're saying that to other people. You know what's amazing about my partner? So that is a really fun, uh, interesting conversation. I would love to hear more from people about what they love about their partners, wouldn't you? As well as about what they love and appreciate about themselves. Okay, so giving up blame um, and substituting with that with appreciations. Um, and I would, I was going to give a, a little explanation, a fairly short explanation of an alternative for you to use. Um, blaming language, uh, I'm quite fascinated about, about, about that, as you can hear, because I spent so much time doing it, I guess. Um, how to shift into non-blaming language. That's something. It used to be we, we would uh, talk about I statements. Well, you know, you're supposed to use I statements, and you say, I feel, I feel. Well, the downside of I statements is we mostly do this. We say, I feel like you just don't understand me. And I feel like that's because you are kind of a thoughtless jerk, but it's just how I feel. And so you don't get to um, argue with me. Right? We know that part. Well, those aren't feelings. Okay. So here's, here's a takeaway for you from this, from this call, from this uh, video is uh, that um, you start to look for what is unarguable, unarguable. And I think of that as S-E-W, sewing, S-E-W, sensations you can't argue with me about, emotions you can't argue with me about, what I want, it's all unarguable. Let me be a little bit uh, more detailed here. Sensations are just, uh, <clears throat> I got something in my throat. Or uh, I notice my back's a little sore because I'm not moving much here. Uh, sensations is body stuff. Um, my mouth is dry. Um, uh, my fingertips are tingly. Sensations. Can't argue with me. Uh, emotions, though, that gets a little, a little dicier. Although it's cool because my sensations are going to tell me what my emotions are. That's how that, this works. So um, short list on emotions. Mad. Sad. Glad scared, sexual, sexual is a funny add-on, but here's why it's on the list, because the idea is anybody gets to feel anything, anytime, for any reason. So I get to feel sad, mad, glad, scared, and sexual as I feel, just because that's what's happening in my body, because I know, because I'm having those sensations. And here's the shorthand to uh, emotional anatomy. Anger sensations tend to be up here, jaw and neck and fists and sh shoulders, lower back, okay? Uh, sad sensations tend to be in the throat, the chest, heavy heart. Fear sensations tend to be in the stomach, solar plexus, chest. Right? You can figure this out on your own. Glad sensations are everywhere. Sexual can be you know, genital, but can be everywhere also. 
Right. So in other words, if you know the sensation, you can take it to, oh, and that's because I'm angry. Right? I'm angry. I have a tight jaw. I have a tight jaw. Oh, I'm angry. You see? So these things start to link. And then uh, I can feel what I'm feeling. Oh, there's an idea. And going back to reactive brain, if I'm having these sensations, I am in reactive brain. If I'm angry, scared, or um, sad, I'm in reactive brain. Now, we want that to mean something. Of course, I'm mad because you were late. Of course, I'm sad because you left me. Of course, I'm scared because, you know, you're a scary person. I don't think it actually means anything. I think what it means is I'm having sensations and chemicals in my body. And that if I can hang out and um, shift my physiology, all that stuff is going to move through. I'll be out of reactive brain and then I'll be in creative brain. Probably not quite that simple, but it can be. Maybe not so easy, but uh, that chemicals will get metabolized. Uh, and, you know, just go to bed one feeling upset next morning you feel better that that's our natural state is to feel open and alive and sexual and uh, all the good stuff glad joyful Uh, that's how we would be except that then reactive brain does this thing and we have those other feelings so it's getting used to that it's like all right we all have reactive brains and um doesn't mean anything except that we perceive threat we can hang out and wait until we um, shift back to creative brain because then when we do, the third, the, the W of S-E-W is what do you want? What do you really want? So stepping into, okay, I'm angry. Yeah, I wanted you to come home uh, when I wanted you to come home, which is really kind of the bottom line. Um, I wanted what I wanted. I wanted it. That's why I'm mad so I didn't get what I wanted. That once all that clears through, I can I can find out what I really want, which is probably uh, connection, I want contact, I want to have a nice night, all that stuff. Uh, quickly, every emotion has functions. Anger is about, um, we get angry when we perceive there to be an intrusion, no, or an obstacle. <clears throat> we get sad when we perceive there to be a loss, and we are get afraid when we perceive there to be a threat. Doesn't mean there is a threat or intrusion or loss or um, obstacle just means we perceive those. Okay. So non-blaming language means speaking in an unarguable way. Yeah, because then I can tell you the truth. It can move through. Uh, you can tell me the truth. We can both say what we really want. And then ultimately the goal will be how can we each get everything we really want. All very simple. All right. So I'm going to um, just use these last few minutes here to um, go through uh, a couple of other things that I think are toxic in relationships. Um, these are this is from my book, okay, Relationship Skills Workbook, that talks about all this stuff, about toxic, toxic habits. Uh, and here's one. If I hurt you enough, you'll stop doing what I don't want you to do. So somehow we've uh, decided that punishment works. Yep, through our distancing, through our coldness, through our criticism. If I just keep doing those things, you'll relent, right? You'll finally, I'll finally teach you and you'll do, you'll be who I want you to be, basically. You'll do what I want you to do. And we'll do that with ourselves too, right? We'll punish ourselves. So um, some antidotes uh, for, to get out of that habit um, of punishing others. And I looked up punishment finally. Punishment is about giving up the power or the desire um, to, to hurt. So no, wait a second. I'm going to you know, re-roll that. I, I looked up forgiveness. Forgiveness is to give up, right? That didn't make any sense, did it? So forgiveness, starting again, is, um, so being willing to give up the, um, the desire or the power to punish. There we go. That's how it all came together. So giving up the desire or power to punish Huh, that is a huge habit to break. So what would you do instead? You could focus on what you want to have happen and appreciate, there's that again, uh, yourself or your partner for what's really going on that you love and then uh, 
look, place yourself on that blame and complaint diet. A second habit, toxic habit, is deciding this should not be happening or this should not have happened. How many times have we, have we said that? I can't believe you did that. This shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't have broken that thing. You shouldn't have uh, you know, banged up the car. You should have paid the bill. And that's what uh, fights end up being all about, what you should have done or I should have done or we should have done. What a friggin' waste of time. It happened. We didn't. Um, and so to let it go and move on and, and focus forward into and what would you do instead? Getting present to what's happening right this moment, being here and now. You can figure out better agreements, how you can both get what you want. But that's about being here. It's not about being in the past. And understand, again, that all of that, those big um, fights about what should have happened are about who's to blame. Uh, which is really such a waste of time. Um, you can do it if you want, but um, people don't change because somebody else has decided there's something wrong. We change because we are loved and accepted for every part of us. So um, focus on what actually works. And one last habit, um, believing that you or I should have or could have done something better. Now, this is a big one. Um, People walk around believing I should be different from who I am. I should have, um, you know, made, done this thing that I didn't do. Um, what I'm trying to not say is go into this long <laughs> description of when I first figured this out, which I'm going to do right now, um, which was watching this um, Olympic skier. She was a um, snowboarder. I think she was 21. This was uh, a couple Olympics ago. You might remember her name. I don't. And uh, she was the big favorite. Uh, she came down and she um, did a hot dog move. She slapped the side of her snowboard and then she fell. And I thought, oh, this poor young woman. She's 21. How many times is she going to go over that moment thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I don't know. You can tell my projection. Um, so what if you uh, don't have to do that? What if uh, you believed that um, you're doing the best you can and you did the best you could? And what if you believe that about your partner and your family and your parents and people around you? What if you believe that we are all doing the best we can? That doesn't mean that we can't learn, right? But I think it's a built-in human foible that, um, you know, here I am. I promise you I am doing the very best I can sitting here at my desk, staring into this green light. <laughs> uh, and then I know when I hang up the, this, from this video, I will uh, walk away and I'll think, well, I could have done this and that. And you know, it's just part of it, right? Just to relive it, go back through. But if I do that with a sense of what can I learn for the next time, uh, that's very different from uh, walking away and kicking myself because I should have done this or I should have done that. Giving up that habit of the shooting on yourself, 12 steps programs say, um, but especially around this, I should have done better or you should have done better versus no, in fact, we're doing, we're all here doing the best we can. So that's what I have to say about shifting out of toxic uh, habits in your relationship. I think that. Um, Living from creative brain is the total gift of possibility here. If you understand reactive brain uh, and you understand how easy it is um, to shift back into creative brain and that then you could live your life. Imagine that, living your life in creative brain and having your relationship be all about the two of you living from creative brain. From your true selves, your true essence selves, your true nature, where... Um, you get to be loved for all of you. So that includes um, every last bit of your reactive self. Now let's see what my list is that, you know, my, I think of those as my worst parts of you. Uh, you know, the parts that are critical, my parts that are cold and can be mean and cruel. My parts that are just go into a puddle of victimhood. My parts that oh, are explosive or righteous or, Right, all of those pieces of me um, from they're all reactive brain, they're personas, 
you know, they were, they came in to protect and take care of me. So these days I mostly love on those parts. Um, and then I get to also love on those parts that are creative brain, my true essence, my joyful nature and my uh, appreciative place, my, um, the part of me that can accept um, life for what it is. And part of me that really knows who we are, the uh, most uh, amazing um, unity uh, you know, coming all together. I know all of those parts. Um, so how can I be all of it? How can I be whole? How can I love every bit of me while I love every bit of you? And in our relationships together, um, that's who we are, where we have compassion for our reactive brain, um, where we have compassion for all those parts of us that show up under threat. But we also have um, some real willingness and ability to shift into creative brain where life and possibility exists. So blessings to you all out there. I hope that these words help you uh, today and going forward. Um, And yes, great luck um, and try to have some fun in your relationships. Okay. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. As we mentioned in the beginning of the show, this episode is one of the first lessons inside our new online course, Spark My Relationship. Except this lesson is actually a video, so it's even better because Julie is so fun to watch. We hope this episode gives you a little sneak peek of the type of videos that we have inside the course. And because we love Julie and her work so much, we are going to add her book, The Relationship Skills Workbook, as a special added bonus. So this bonus will only be available if you purchase during our special launch promotion period, which ends August 2nd. So you have about a week left to access the course at the special discount pricing with all the added bonuses. And because we want so many of you to be able to access this course, we're going to go ahead and reactivate the additional 10% off coupon for our I Do Podcast listeners. So head on over to sparkmyrelationship.com and enter the promo code SMR10 to get the additional 10% off and all the added bonuses. Again, that's sparkmyrelationship.com, the promo code SMR10. Now, if you're thinking that maybe it's just not the right time for you to sign up for the course, but you want to try uh, new ways to help strengthen and improve your relationship, you can still head on over to our website, idupodcast.com. And we have our 14-day happy couple challenge uh, on our website. It's up at the top in the navigation. And what it is, is a daily email that we send you for 14 days with doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. So uh, if the course is not right for you right now, this is just one little baby step you can take uh, to improve your relationship one day at a time. Um, So that's on our website at idpodcast.com forward slash 14. And you'll be able to sign up right there. And as always, thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next week. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.